You are listening to the Brentwood Baptist Church Life Group Leader Podcast, a resource to equip and encourage group leaders on their journey toward being disciples and making disciples through life groups. Here are your hosts, Jay Fennell and Paul Wilkins. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today, and uh, we're excited to begin a new sermon series beginning this Sunday, August the 13th, on spiritual leadership. And uh, hopefully you are going to get a uh, a book this Sunday in worship. And if you're a life group leader listening, you probably already have your book. But everyone's going to get one, and we're excited about it. And it was a book written by Jeff Orge, who is a professor, uh, or a doctor, or let's see, he's a president of a seminary in California. Golden Gate, formerly Golden Gate Seminary. And what is it called now? I don't know. They moved locations. So I think it adopted a new name. Same institution, though. I think it's Golden Bear Seminary. Is that right? <laughs> Jack Craig McClouse. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we're excited to begin this conversation and uh, on spiritual leadership, a topic that all of us need to know about, all of us need to be thinking about when we talk about leadership, but particularly spiritual leadership. And we're excited today to have with us Michelle Dyer. Michelle is here. She's She works on staff, and she kind of has a multi-campus role, honestly, the way that she kind of floats all over the campuses, family of churches, for Brentwood Baptist, but she offices on the Brentwood campus, and she's our place coordinator for all of Brentwood Baptist, and she has a large team that works with her uh, of coaches and volunteers and people like that that she's trained to help people walk through what it looks like to know who they are uh, in Christ, to know what their gifts are, to know what their strengths are, and she's great at what she does. We're excited to have her. Thanks for being here, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Jay. It's have good you, to be have here. Have you been on a podcast before? I have, yes. So this isn't a first, but oh. it's always good. Always oh. fun. Okay. Well, then I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I thought this might be the first time, but you're not at it. <laughs> we'll treat it like it is. How's that? All right. That sounds we feel good. less okay. worthy. No, never. <laughs> and of course, I'm also here with Paul Wilkinson, Dr. P, as some like to call him. I think I might be the only one. Uh, yes, you. You and my mother. Okay. All right. <laughs> So we're glad to glad all three of us to be here today in the studio, also known as my office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk first, Michelle, as we begin this whole idea of, of spiritual leadership. Give us an overview, first of all, of what a spiritual gift is and how they work in the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. I love to describe spiritual gifts as basically the power that God gives us to serve other people. Mm-hmm. It's very simple that um, he was so gracious that when when Jesus compelled us to serve others, that he didn't just leave us to our own devices to do that, that he gave us power through the Holy Spirit indwelling in our lives to get out there and to do things above and beyond what we can do by ourselves in serving and loving you know, the, the body of Christ, but also those who aren't believers. Mm-hmm. So as you think about this whole idea of these spiritual gifts, how, how would you say that the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us relate to our leadership and to uh, our how we serve? Well, Dr. Orr does a good job of, in this chapter, speaking to the fact that really leadership is influence. Mm. And I think when we seek to influence another person for the purpose and kingdom of Christ, that it helps to serve them first. And it helps to show them that, you know, we have a 
a real interest in their growth and their well-being. And so having that influence through the vehicle of service um, enable us to lead them closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention uh, in the beginning that, again, the, the first chapter one in the book this week, in which Pastor Mike will be preaching from on the Brentwood campus, but all of our campus pastors will be preaching uh, through uh, is the, asking the question, who is a spiritual leader? And the focal passage that uh, will be uh, looked at is, comes from First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. So if you had opportunity to kind of read ahead and, and take a look at that, that'd be, that'd be good. But I think you're right. It's leadership um, is influence. And for some people, they think that, you know, I'm not a leader. I don't, you know, I don't have a whole lot of followers. But the, but if you define leadership as influence, then there's the truth of the matter is that all of us to some degree, right, Paul, have uh, influence at least one person. Yeah, everybody influences somebody. There's always someone behind us on the walk who's coming up the path that we have just come up. And I really like the way Michelle um, articulated spiritual gifts as those things that take us above and beyond who we are. Because a lot of people do have that feeling. How can I influence? How can I lead? Well, if the gifting is the supernatural power to be able to lead or influence others, then it's a function of um, our trust and submission to God, not of pure raw talent. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there is a difference between talent and gifting. You How know? would you say? Well, I think talents can range anywhere from being musically talented or academically talented to, you know, doing things within the kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. that you can be a talented teacher. Yeah. For example, but being gifted is having the power that God gives you to serve others through specific things that are mentioned in Scripture mm-hmm. passages like First Corinthians twelve and uh, Romans twelve, and those specific gifts are manifestations of God's power in us, and so they're attributes of God. Frankly, mm-hmm. you know, God is merciful. God is administrative yeah you know god is um teacher teacher yeah right and so we get to have an attribute of who he is um through power flowing through us to serve other people yeah i think that's a good distinction for sure mm-hmm. uh, you know paul is super talented and uh, what are you talented in paul basketball mm. Uh, on the uh, computer, maybe, on the video game. I think Paul's got the spiritual gift of dodgeball somewhere in there. <laughs> as long as running's not involved and effort's not involved, I'm in. No. Totally in. No, but one can have a talent, you know, natural athletic ability or, or things like that that have kind of been given. But I think the the thing that, to me at least, that really makes sense about spiritual gifts are, these are, you're right, manifestations, gifts that are given of the Holy Spirit for the betterment and for the building up of God's church. Exactly. That's right. Kind of with that goal in mind. Right. Special power that we get to not only serve our brothers and sisters in Christ, Mm -hmm. but to go out to the world at large and serve them and earn the right to tell them about Jesus. That's right. Yeah, I think that's good. One of my favorite passages as it pertains to God designing spiritual gifts for us to be a mechanism by which we really seek after him about our identity is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And we love 29, 11. We all know it for I know the plans I have for you, thus saith the Lord. And he has such a 
a wonderful promise in those passages. But we stop there and we don't look at the rest of it, 12 through 13, which says that if we seek him with our whole heart, he promises to be found. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is no exception, that he really wants us to continually seek him in using these gifts so that we don't get off track in using them. We can use our gifts in the flesh. Mm. Um, and because they are, you know, part of who we are. However, if we want to be using those gifts appropriately and in the spirit, then we have to continually seek him for his wisdom and his guidance about how to do that. So I love those verses for that purpose. Can you share a story of, of, uh, or two about the process of how this should play out, that we learn the gifts, our gifts, which then leads to service in the body, which then to, to some degree makes us a leader. You know, as we serve, right. Right. we become servant leaders. Mm-hmm. We take the lead. We take the initiative to use what God has given us to serve others mm-hmm. and, and in a sense become leaders. Well, I think a story that hits close to home for me in my journey of understanding my own gifts, because as I started teaching place, I had to really delve into what are my spiritual gifts and how does that play out? You know, what is God doing through me? And I think one of my top gifts is encouragement. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times those gifts will be second nature in our lives. And that's why we don't recognize them as gifts um, from the Holy Spirit especially if we've been walking with Christ for a long time. So with that gift of encouragement, for me, it's usually not glamorous. You know, it's when my boys were small, I'd be in the toy aisle at Walmart. And that gift of encouragement seems to have this attribute that comes along with it. Tell me your life story written across your forehead. And I talk about the fact that I'll be standing there and people will sort of just start up conversations with me and I'm there in Walmart and all of a sudden, before you know it, in the toy aisle, I'm having a conversation with a grandmother who's watching her young grandson because, you know, I learned that her, his, or her son's incarcerated. So, you know, she's got her grandchild there that she's trying to raise and she's frustrated and lost and feeling alone. And in that gift of encouragement, I know that that's my opportunity to share with her the hope that I have perhaps invite her to church Mm -hmm. to get to pray with her. Maybe if I'm really lucky and we have enough time to lay out the gospel for, you know, so I think it's super important in just simple scenarios like that to have an awareness of what our gifts are so that we can intentionally practice those gifts in those mundane or seemingly mundane episodes in our lives. Yeah. So I love that because the seemingly mundane become divine appointments Absolutely. and kingdom opportunities, Absolutely. which have always been there, but we weren't aware because we weren't observing exactly. in light of our own gifting. So if we haven't taken the reflective time to ponder, you know, what is God doing in my life? How is he choosing to work through me? And really sort of, you know, dissecting that, we won't be able to be intentional in those moments about practicing those gifts. Yeah, what which is so so crucial, you know, for us to know what our gifts are. That's why place is so important. You yes. know, that's why that, that process of discover you yes. is, you know, so crucial to helping us understand who we are and what our gifts are so that in those moments we have the confidence to move forward and say, you know what, I see how God is opening a door for me to, to use the gift that he's given me 
to bless this person. Yes, absolutely. It can be very catalytic just to take some sort of spiritual gifts assessment and start to look at what those gifts might be in your life. Yeah, so it might be a good thing uh, that if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't gone through the the place or the membership process or at least take place, it would be a great opportunity to do that. And you can go on the website and look at all the dates and things coming up for that. And if you're a life group leader listening, you might be, you might want to uh, take this chapter to really focus on that or at least emphasize that to the people in your group that haven't gone through place yet. Because as a spiritual leader yourself and as a life group leader, you want your people that you're leading to know what their gifts are so that they can be active and participate in God's kingdom work all around us. Yeah. I really think it's so important um, that life group leaders are, you know, somewhat acting as um, leaders in the sense that they are being students of their members' gifts and that they're studying them and trying to call those gifts out in each of their members so that they can be, you know, so that their members can begin to be reflective on those things as well yeah. and seeking that out in their own lives. That's good. Uh, so, Michelle, let's say I go through the Discover You class and I have a high hospitality gift. Uh, and I say, well, I want to be a door greeter, such a crucial function. The first person that people see as they come in, well, other than the parking uh, attendees, but the uh, first people that as they enter the building, they need that smile. They need that high hospitality. Does that mean that God's hardwired me for hospitality and that that should be my service role forever until I die? Well, personally, I believe our gifts change according to what God is asking us and calling us to. Hmm. And so I think that um, there's a possibility you will always have those hospitable qualities about you and that God will continue to use that gift in your life. However, I have seen over and over and over as I coach individual members that gifts change and are very seasonal. And so it may be that God equips you in a way that you've never been equipped before as he calls you into a new ministry. And so I think that he does that for the purpose of causing us to seek him. If you think about why or, well, there are many reasons God chooses to gift us. First of all, it's to accomplish kingdom purposes. Uh, second of all, I think it's really for us to have to continually seek him. If we are desiring to continually walk with the spirit, that's going to be something he's going to change. You know, Pastor Mike always says Jesus never stays where we put him. Mm. I think this is no exception. As soon as you get a, a gift worked out and as soon as you get comfortable practicing that gift and being in tune with the Holy Spirit, to practice that gift. It would not surprise me in the least if God changes your ministry altogether and begins to equip you in a different way for which you have to totally seek him mm. diligently to understand how he wants you to use it. So yeah. I think they change. Yeah, so we have to constantly be reflective and praying about where God would uh, most desire to use us in his kingdom. Absolutely. I think God's genius in that way that no, that's an understatement of the world. <laughs> But he is so incredible the ways that he works in our lives and just wants to have relationship with us in the context of us seeking our identity in him. Last question for you. Yes. Okay. Um, relating to talking about life group leaders again, how do you think, how can life group leaders use their gifts well 
in their life groups as they serve their people. But secondly, how do you prevent against the, uh, the, the envy, perhaps gift envy, <laughs> you know, yeah. right. uh, because we're all called to lead in some way because we're, again, what we say, we're influencers, but it's easy to compare ourselves to say, Hey, I don't lead like Michelle. I wish I did, but I don't, I just don't lead like her. And I, and I want to, and then so you feel the, your confidence is lower because you compare yourself to someone else and their gifts from, from God. So I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You run it's into a that. Some? Terrific question. How would you, how would you encourage people that maybe struggle with some of that? Yeah. And I'm throwing this on you. This wasn't a prepared question, but I'm it's sure that you've got some. Question. I'm yeah. sure you've had this before. Well, this is one that I'm actually really passionate about because there are different leadership styles, first of all. Mm-hmm. So some of us are going to be more in tune with individuals in our groups um, who, you know, we just have this natural ability to tune in to their individuality and call those gifts out in them and encourage them individually. Um Some of us aren't really wired that way. So we can, though, identify someone else in our group, maybe, who is, who really has a passion for helping each individual discover who they are in Christ. Um, Each of us has a unique identity in Christ, and it's really important for us to get comfortable in our skin, so to speak, and to really not only embrace who we are, but then be able to identify each of those gifts and attributes and characteristics that God's given us. So having somebody in your group, whether it's you or another leader in your group who really emphasizes over and over and over to each member, this is important for us to know, to study about ourselves, to reflect on, and then to be intentional about using our unique design out there for kingdom purposes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using a, a tool like place, we have several leaders on the place team who are happy to come to life groups and to do a class, to do some coaching in the group to really emphasize this, make it a, a focal point. There's lots of different ways we can encourage our members, our life group leaders to really just think about this over and over and continually bring it up and emphasize it because that's the way that we're really going to mobilize our people. Yeah, and you've we've done that already a few times already. Yeah. Having coach come in and kind of work with a with a group to kind of discover that collectively, individually, but also collectively. What's yes. kind of the collective bit or the gifting of the class, maybe? Yes. And then which helps make some determinations about ways in which collectively the group can serve on be on mission, mm-hmm. you know, and do that in community, which I think is so cool. Yes. Super yeah. valuable if you can take that time and invest that time to do it. Yeah. So you asked me too about gift envy. And I think part of the situation with that is as leaders, we have to continually be reinforcing with our folks that every gift is important. And, you know, our culture, I think is reluctant to elevate certain gifts. And of course, Certainly, every gift is important, but it really depends on the situation at hand, what gift is needed at the moment. So I think, again, with our our members and our groups, we really need to be attentive to how God is working in their lives, how God is ministering around us, and how we can join with Him in doing that, what we bring to the table, and then engaging the individuals in our groups 
to be able to meet those needs and uh, to come alongside them and helping them recognize how important their gift is in that moment. Yeah, I really like how you talked about be aware of what's going on around us because I think about Paul's teaching about how all the parts of the body, diverse parts of the body come together for the sake of the whole. Yes. So our gift fits into the big picture always in an extraordinary way, yes. even if the immediacy of it might not feel all that extraordinary. Right. I mean, there are times where you, you know, some gifts seem to maybe get the spotlight a little more. Right. If someone has a gift of leadership, obviously they're probably going to be a little bit front and center platform. Or teaching. Te- teaching yeah. mm-hmm. or prophecy or right. one of those, whereas mercy or encouragement may not be <laughs> one that's noticeable as much in front of large groups of people. So there's a, but I think the point of it all is, is that it's all, it's all necessary. It's all significant it's all valuable just like all the parts of the body i mean paul says it the not everybody eye, can be an eye yeah not everybody <laughs> can be an eye or an ear and right and, and the eye didn't look at the finger and say i don't need you you know i mean we're all it's all important for the functioning of god of, of, of the body of christ in order to be effective in the in, in the world that's a really important point i think for life group leaders that there are what we call equipping gifts, which are more out front gifts. And then there are more support gifts, which are behind yeah. the scenes gifts. Mm-hmm. And what we find with folks who have those support gifts is they generally do not recognize those as being gifts. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget in a place class at West Franklin, I there was a woman who was sitting in one of the front tables. And as I talked about the gift of administration, it's as if you know, a radiant light came on in her eyes because she, for the first time, recognized that gift as an opportunity to serve someone else and do kingdom work. Mm. And she was beaming when she came up to me after class. And it turns out we did engage her in service and helping with the place team at West Franklin. And every time I would feel guilty <laughs> delegating something to her that was administrative, because heaven knows that is not my gift. Um, and she would just light up and would feel so blessed to be able to do it and thrived in that role. So life group leaders have a key opportunity to help those who especially have the gift of service or mercy or helps to recognize that as being able to do kingdom work. And I think you hit on a huge point when someone operates within their gifting. Yes. They know it. It's, yes. It's fulfillment and reward. I mean, it's easy. Exactly. We'll still be exhausted. It could be exhausting and very difficult and life-giving, but life-giving. Yeah. It's it's not a drain. It's life-giving, even if, even if it's difficult. Absolutely. So that's cool. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Great to be with you guys today. Awesome stuff. Thanks Uh, for letting me be here. A lot of good meat there. Good. (laughs) Great. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. All right. So as we take a look at the, uh, focal passage for the lesson this week. The title of the lesson again is Who is a Spiritual Leader? And the focal passage is 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. So there are a few little nuggets in here I think are worth at least mentioning here for just a few minutes that Paul and I want to kind of, kind of talk about. He begins with, The end of all things is near, so therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Uh, Paul, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about spiritual leadership in this passage. You're talking about gifts. Uh, but, but, it, you know, Paul, Peter does mention the end of all things is near. So 
how should we as life group leaders this week really kind of talk about that? It doesn't seem to be central to what we want to get across this Sunday, but it is mentioned. So how should we treat it in our groups? Yeah, because the emphasis is really the last part of the verse when it comes to the leadership uh, aspect of it. Uh, we have to really be vigilant against chasing the rabbit of end times conversations. Uh, so we don't want to get into millennial debates. We don't want to get into antichrist debates. Uh, you want to avoid all of that stuff, predictors of the time. I just think that'll distract from this idea of leadership. Because what we're after, and what Peter's after at the end, is that we've all been gifted uh, for God's glory. And so that's what we need to be focused on. And I think most of the commentators are in agreement that uh, what we can conclude from Peter's opening is that we're in the church age, but we don't know when that's going to end upon Christ's return. And that Peter's point is that it really doesn't matter where we are, that our lives stay the same, our kingdom work stays the same. Whether the end is this afternoon, next week, or five billion years from now, we're still called to the same sorts of service, the same sort of kingdom building. Yeah, so then, you know, verse 8 says, above all, Right. Mm, yep. Uh, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. I've read that many times before in the past, and I've always been a little bit, you know, gosh, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Just really kind of trying to understand that. So, in this context, talk to us a little bit about how you think Peter is uh, wants us to understand these words. Yeah, it's a strange line, and James uses that line as well. So I think what we guard against here is the idea that this love for one another within the body is a justifying sort of love, that someone is set right before Christ because of the way we love them. So in other words, my forgiveness of sins is not contingent upon uh, how I how I love or if I do it. It's contingent upon the faithfulness and work of Christ and whether and I find love. myself right in or outside of Christ. So now, of course, if we're regenerate believers, new creations, we better be loving because it's really hard to say that you love God if you hate your brother. Uh, but I don't think this is saying we get justification from it. I think what it's saying is that um, there's going to be sin within the body. We're going to offend each other in the body. We're going to hurt and scar each other within the body of Christ. But if we have above all else love for each other in the body, then we can remain unified. Uh, we can remain unified and strong, righteous representatives of the kingdom of God. So it's about unity in my mind. Yeah, unity in the body. Yeah. So then, you know, we can, we can continue. We're going to handle a few other little things here uh, related to the passage. Uh, you know, he, he goes on to say, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Um, uh, but then he says, uh, then the Peter says, just as one, each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let him let him do it this through the strength God provides. And here's the key, the kicker, right? So that God may be glorified. And that's that's the, the thing uh, that's the most important at the very end of all things. It's not that we are glorified as leaders, as as those with spiritual gifts, that attention is brought to us, but the intention of the gifts, the purpose of the gifts is to deflect, is to building up of the church so that God receives the glory. Talk to us a little bit about some of your thoughts on that, Paul. Yeah, I think in uh, when we were talking to Michelle, you heard her mention equipping and supporting gifts. Uh, most of the commentators are in agreement, and I think they're right that when Peter talks about speaking gifts and serving gifts, he has something very similar in mind. 
to the equipping and the supporting dynamic. So that may just provide you extra synonyms in order to explain this, um, these categories of gifts to your groups. Uh, the significance we want to highlight out of it, however, is that it's God giving both. So God is choosing uh, us as instruments for his grace and his mercy so that we respond in worship and evangelism for the sake of his glory. So in the end, it's all God-dependent. Whatever we're good at, whatever we do, it's all God-dependent. And in the end, it all points back to God in the same way. Yeah, and you see that in verse 11. Let let it be as one who speaks God's words, right? Not your words, not someone else's words, God's words. And if anyone serves, let it be through God's strength. So it's mm. God's words, it's God's strengths manifested through his people to reach a world so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ and everything. Yeah. So again, it all points back to him. It's, it's the only way that God is going to receive glory is if we operate in our giftedness and in our leadership, speaking God's words and doing it through God's strength, mm. not our own. Yeah. So speak God's words. To me, we stay in the scripture. We, 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 we teach from the Bible and that ensures us that we're utilizing God's words. And I think that strength, you and I and our department have been pushing soul care so hard. And this is, this is why we do it so that we serve out of God's strength. Um, that as we pray to the Father in the name of the Son to be sensitive to the power of the Spirit working through us, that's in large part a function of our disciplines, our prayer life, our Bible intake, our scripture memory, fasting, etc. So the reason we want that for you is so that you're constantly infused and feel the strength of God uh, coursing through you as you do your work. And it's a, it's a really great life-affirming and, and life-giving reality. It's a great passage. It's rich in theology, and it's, it should be encouraging to us, um, maybe even convicting to some degree, because I, I know that many times I've, I've spoken out of turn. I've spoken my words, and I've, I've uh, attempted to serve people in my strength. As a philosopher, I very quickly slide into my own speculation yeah, outside so of the text. It's a constant reminder, you know, just to, to, to be in the Word of God and just to have those words just fill our hearts. And and then not only that, but just time with the Lord as as we um, as He strengthens us and undergirds us that uh, it's all God centered, and, um, and 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 we're doing what we, the things that we say and the things that we do are all out of the overflow. Right, we talk about that a lot. Well, we're praying for you, and we hope that this uh, this week is a uh, we have a great conversation and interaction in your in your life group around this whole topic of who is a spiritual leader. And so, uh, we're praying for you, and we're excited to hear about some of the things that come out of the study as we begin on uh, August the thirteenth Sunday.